at one time, I, I didn't want to make friends anymore. Because I've seen some of my friends get executed and I didn't want to go through that anymore. I didn't want to be attached to anybody, so. From the Times of Northwest Indiana and nwy.com slash podcasts, you're listening to Byline. The podcast about the newspaper's most fascinating stories and the reporters who tell them. I'm Kale Wilk. I'm Andrew Jones, and this week we're bringing you one man's story of a journey from death row to freedom. We'll talk to a reporter about his work on this story and his perspective on the controversial issues surrounding it. Their argument is is that he did deserve the death penalty. You know, of course, we leave it leave it for the readers to decide for themselves uh, who who was right in that one. And we'll hear how the experience of death row can be life changing. Uh, I've seen people suffer. I know what suffering is. What, what suffering is. First, we have to go back in time. It's August 11th, 1981, near 37th Avenue and Broadway in Gary. A man named Rufus Averhart is in a getaway vehicle. It's around noon, and there's just been a robbery at the Gary National Bank. A 57-year-old police officer, George Yaros, has also been killed. The police chase continues, and the getaway group is followed to the Delaney Housing Projects. The police drive the pursuit into a tree and jam the getaway car's doors. They arrest several figures, including Averhart, who's on foot nearby. Now... Here in 2016, Averhart is now named Zolo Azania. He's avoided the death penalty three times and is about to be let out of prison in February. So how did he get there? We'll return to that. First, here's someone else we want to introduce you to. I'm Bill Dolan. I'm 66, soon to be 67. Uh, I'm a staff writer for The Times. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I am uh, work out of the Crown Point office, and uh, I cover uh, Lake County government, politics, and various and sundry things. So he'll get to cover meetings and new developments and decisions in North Indiana, and occasionally gets to cover a relevant court case or related story. Uh, that's, uh, and, and occasionally I'll uh, wander into court if... Uh, the court, there's no court reporter available to uh, check out a criminal case or a civil case. This isn't the first time Bill's seen Averhart. Uh, in this case, of course, is, is very uh, unique. Uh, Mr. Azania uh, was convicted of killing a Lake County, uh, I'm sorry, a Gary police officer, Lieutenant George Yaros, uh, August 11th, 1981. Uh, I remember it well because I was working for the Post at the time and a fellow reporter by the name of Ernie Hernandez had just written a story about then Rufus Averhart. Uh, he had been convicted of killing uh, a man in his 60s uh, some years previous, and he had gotten, he'd served his time, gotten out of uh, prison, had uh, graduated from a local school, and uh, had, had a scholarship to go to Purdue University. And uh, he wrote a feature story about him that, and a, his lead was, if there was an argument against the death penalty, it would be the life of Rufus Averhart. Well, uh, days after that story published, Mr. Averhart killed Mr. Yaros, so he'll be out in February of 2017. Um, 
I heard this from some friends in, in the police community and uh, uh, decided I'd do a story about it and uh, talked uh, with Mr. Azania by telephone. So Bills reached out to Aberhart, who had the courts change his name to Zolo Azania in 1991, to ask him about his experiences and when he'll be released. Hello. Good afternoon. I'm Bill Dolan. I'm a reporter for the Times newspaper in Crown Point, Indiana. Okay. How are you this afternoon? I feel pretty good. All right. I was anticipating your call today. I I beg your pardon for being late. I didn't know you were on a different time zone, so my bad. Yeah, we were just talking about the time zone. Yeah, I know. I'll never get used to it. A thing to understand about Azania is that, as said before, he's avoided the death penalty three times. He was charged with murder and murder in the perpetration of a robbery along with his two co-defendants. Azania was found guilty of the crime, and the state's case said it had evidence he shot the police officer, George Yaros, at point-blank range. And he was recommended the death sentence a month later. But the Indiana Supreme Court upheld the murder conviction in 1993, but overturned the sentence, saying Azania's trial lawyer didn't present compelling testimony or arguments why his life should be spared and that the prosecution withheld inconclusive gunshot residue test results from the defense. So, three years later, the death penalty is tried again. The Indiana Supreme Court overturns again because of a computer glitch in the Allen County system that caused blacks to be underrepresented in the jury. A third death penalty trial was to happen in 2007, which didn't, because the Yaros family agreed then to drop the capital punishment request in return for Azania accepting a 74-year sentence. Now, he's getting out early in February, quite a number of years short based on records of good behavior. It's, it's been quite a roller coaster, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It, it's more of a, it, it's less physical and more psychological and emotional. And I can see it in other people, that, and I'm pretty sure other people could, could see it in me, but uh, we was around, the people that we was around while, while I was there actually physically on the road, uh, we became real close, like family. I had been around those people um, longer than I had my whole, whole, my own real family. So we became something like a family there. And I knew things about them, they knew things about me that our only family members didn't even know. Did, yes. it, did anybody on death row during your time there actually, were they actually executed? Yes, I've seen many. Uh, it was so bad at one time, I, I didn't want to make friends anymore. Because I've seen some of my friends get executed, and I didn't want to go through that anymore. I didn't want to be attached to anybody. So when new people was coming in, I would pretend to be hostile towards them. I mean, I, I play. I could have got a cameo award for how, how I would act because they probably thought I didn't care anything about them, but I did. I just that was my defense mechanism to keep from getting close to people. At any point when you were on death row, did you feel that you, your execution could come any day? Oh, yes, you live with it. Every time I go to sleep and I wake up, uh, I, I, I relive the situation. Well, well I've seen on your uh, website that uh, I, you you were just kind of walking down the street when the police arrested you. Yes, uh, because, now, because if the thing about it is, uh, was what, the, what the public never actually knew was that the, the probable cause affidavit against me was falsified. And it was alleged that I was arrested in the getaway car. I was identified by witnesses. I was identified from bank photographs. 
and so forth. And none of that was true. Yes, I maintained my innocence, but I wasn't in any position really to explain how without harming someone else. I, I did a lot of soul searching and I thought I saw people, things that happened to other people that uh, was in worse condition than me. And I don't think that uh, it would do, it do them justice for me to complain about the little things that I'm going through and I still have my life. I got some good out of this. I met some good people. I've learned some things uh, that I probably would never have learned had I not gone through this. Uh, I, I've seen people suffer. I know what suffering is. What, what suffering is. Uh, I've seen people with mental illnesses. I've seen people who lost their minds. I've seen people like wither away, just completely, just give up on life. I can see the positive things that I can do. I can share my story with people. I can perhaps I can help someone. Obviously, this is a hard subject to talk about. In his article, Bill quoted an officer who's worked on the force in Geary for the past 30 years. Quote, he doesn't deserve to be on the streets, unquote, said Officer Philip Pastorit. You don't have to connect the dots to try to understand why Azania's story is a difficult one. Bill Dolan talked about Azania's website and how it contains a long list of frustrations with the system that sent him to prison. He remembers police lined up along the the the, the, the walls of the, the courtroom, to which he, he claims intimidated the jury and, uh, and essentially that the, the police uh, framed him uh, is the bottom line on that. Of course, I was at the trial. I don't remember that. I, I, I remember that his sentencing uh, uh, before a judge, uh, there was a big crowd, and there may have been people standing because of the crowd, but uh, uh, there was no jury in the room at that time. The story from the witness of Pastorate is a frightening one, to say the least. He remembers confronting the bank robbers himself on that fateful day. He remembers the moment he almost died, according to his account, until he was saved by a fellow officer. That day, the force lost one of their own, almost more than one. So it's not too surprising that the police community sees Azania not as an exemplary prisoner or a man who was changed, but as something else entirely. Uh, I, I didn't include this in the story, but the, the Gary police officers, the retired officers, said much the same thing as well. They don't think he's changed. They think he's a con man. That, uh, that in fact, their argument is, is that he did deserve the death penalty. Bill said it best when he commented during the interview. You know, of course, we leave it, leave it for the readers to decide for themselves uh, who, who was right in that one. And he's right about this. Even though this crime is 35 years old, it's still a fresh wound. Maybe some of that has to do with the relevancy of this topic. Cops, shootings, racism. These are topics about which we read and watch in the headlines on a weekly, if not daily, basis here in the United States. Azania's story, even his name, are reminders that when it's a discussion of lives and value, there's going to be anger and bitterness and a passionate hunt for justice on both sides of the story. And if the discussion of the police force's perspective on Azania's impending freedom isn't controversial enough, we also should probably talk a little bit about the death penalty. We have uh, a large section of the population for it. 
but a very uh, effective niche of society blocking it. Bill weighed in on this topic to give us a little bit of perspective from his reporting. Uh, and eventually the taxpayers may decide death penalty cases aren't worth it. Uh, why should we send, why should we spend that kind of money and, and then the case gets overturned as in, in uh, the death sentence gets overturned as in Mr. Averhart's case. Azania nearly went to a third death penalty trial in 2007 before the Yaros family decided to let the prosecutor drop capital punishment charges. But the history of those charges has oddly become tied with the very work that Bill is trying to accomplish here. Ernie Hernandez was a reporter from another newspaper who wrote positively about Averhart Azania. Bill in fact ends his recent article stating that Hernandez argued for Azania's life based on who he's become. And yet, here's what happened when Bill went to do his research on the story. Well, I was covering the criminal courts, and when I went to the prosecutor's office to pick up the murder charges on Mr. Averhart, a lot of deputy prosecutors were staring me down because of Ernie Hernandez's recently published story about what a great guy Rufus Averhart was. They felt, and there are still police who feel that Ernie Hernandez's story sprung Rufus Averhart from prison to kill, uh, making it possible to kill George Eros, who was only a few months from retirement. Sprung from prison, sprung from death, sprung from what he deserved, or sprung into a kind of redemption. If you can learn anything about the criminal justice system from this story, it's that nothing is set in stone, not even a death row sentence. It must be strange for Azania, imagining the day next February, when he is to walk once again as a free man. It's been quite a journey since his days on death row. Bill asked Azania about Hernandez's writing. Bill ended his own article with this very moment from his recorded talk uh, with Azania. But as I said, he, he wrote that you would be your life would be a good argument against capital punishment. Yes. Was Ernie right? Yes, he was right. Byline is a production of the Times of Northwest Indiana. If you want to find more of our episodes and any of the latest ones that come out each Monday, they're all at nwi.com podcasts. Byline is also on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can follow us by just typing in NWI Byline into the search bar of any of those social media, and we should pop up. And if you've got a media player of choice and want to simply download our episodes or subscribe to them, our podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. We just kindly ask that you rate us and leave us a review because it really actually helps. And don't be shy, we would love to hear from you, whether it's constructive comments, feedback, or just suggestions for topics that you'd like us to cover in the future. You can drop us an email at nwibyline at gmail.com. Reporting for this week's episode came from Bill Dolan, as well as Andrew Jones and myself, Kale Wilk. We'd also like to thank Zolo Azania for taking time to talk to Bill for his story and this episode. A final big thanks to Summer Moore, the Times' digital and audience engagement editor, who is our trail guide through our journalism experiences on the show. I'm Andrew Jones. I'm K.L. Wilk, and from both of us here in Northwest Indiana, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>